Hello again and welcome to another episode of the River at Portland podcast. Glad to have you tuned in today. Pastor Herbert Mays gives a title called I Take It Now, talking about the perpetual blessings that we have, what's been given to us by the the covenant from Abraham all the way down to us here. We're going to look at the DNA that's in us that allows us, gives us the privilege to be able to be endued with power from on high with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. So it's a really good message. We had a wonderful service yesterday. If you missed it, we missed you. So if you're out because you're sick, we're hoping that you uh praying that you, you're getting better, believing that you're going to get better, and want to see you come in and fellowship with us. And if you've never been to our church before, we'd love to have you. We invite you to come in Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock is our service time. We do have a uh, Sunday school next door that starts at 10 o'clock. You can come over in the fellowship hall and get some spiritual meat over there, some good word knowledge from Brother Jerry, and then come back over here in the main service, and uh, we worship and we praise, right? Amen. So anyway, but it's a great message message it blessed us i'm sure it's going to bless you as well so enjoy it and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon god bless well praise the lord he is a way maker amen amen well you may be seated a moment i know you guys have seen this uh, commercial and these people riding on a bus, and uh, this guy says, uh, it's my money, and I want it now. J.G. <laughs> Wentworth have got a thing. You, if you need some money, are you guys hot? Yeah. Yeah. Billy, turn, give me some little air movement around here. It is a little warm in here. But... Um, so I'm going to title the message is, I Take It Now. It's mine, and I take it now. And I'm talking about this morning about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. What's not mentioned in preaching in our churches anymore. The Holy Spirit and how you can receive that. But I'm going to talk about perpetual blessings. Perpetual blessings. That word perpetual means everlasting. It means valid for all times. It means continually being blessed. Perpetual blessing. Now, you know, I see they got all kind of advertisements on. You can trace your DNA, uh, you know, and back to where you came from and all that. I'm going to tell you this morning where you came from spiritually. We're going to trace our DNA this morning spiritually. Is that okay? Turn with me to Genesis, the 12th chapter. Now, in Genesis 12, 1, when God spoke to Abraham, his name was Abram at the time, when he spoke to Abraham, Abraham was 75 years old. When he spoke to him in Genesis 12, 1, Abraham, when he died, was 175 when he died. So he spent 100 years being blessed by God. Because God never appeared to him until he was 75. And we see here now, he's, he comes to Abram, and he says, Get out of this country from your family, from your father's house, 
to a land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. That's a covenant blessing. I will bless you. I'm going to make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curse you. And he said here, and in you all of the families of the earth will be blessed. Well, now we know in Genesis, in the Galatians 3.29 that the Bible says that we are the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So if you're, if you're in the new covenant today, you are the seed of Abraham. So the same covenant blessing that God made to Abraham when he was 75 years old, that is a perpetual blessing that's still here today. What's happened is we don't accept it. But God made a covenant with Abraham, and he said, I'm going to bless you. See, God is not moved by our need. He's only moved by our faith. And so it takes faith to get the hand of God to move for us. But the blessing is always was, was already there. Now turn over to Genesis, the 26th chapter. Now we see now that he's talking to Isaac, his son comes to Isaac in Genesis 21. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Amalek, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, he's talking to Isaac, do not go down to Egypt, live in the land where I tell you. Now, I want you to understand that Isaac is in a famine. There's nothing in the land. In verse 3, he says, Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. To all of your descendants, I will give all of these lands. <clears throat> Excuse me. And look what he said. I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. In other words, it was a perpetual blessing that he's going to give to Isaac, the son, because he made a covenant with Isaac's father, Abraham. So it was a blessing that was transferred. Do you understand that us as new covenant believers, that we've got it, the problem is we don't know we got it. And God has already given it to us. But here we are, we're walking around with, with, with none of the blessings that God has given to us. There's four things that God gave Isaac in his passage of Scripture. In verse 2, he gave him a choice. Because he said, now, do not go to Egypt, but stay in the land where I, where I tell you. He had a choice. He could either go to Egypt, or he, he could stay where he told him to stay. So he gave him a choice. Every person is given a choice. Every person is, is a free will moral agent. God is not going to make you do anything you don't want. He's not going to have you do things that you don't want to do. He's going to give you everything you want according to the blessings that's in the covenant. Bless God. See, God will allow you to operate in your permissive will. But you can, you can also operate uh, 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 in, in, in His will. But He'll permit you to do anything uh, that you want to do. But, but, but He'll give you the choice. And number three, He promised to bless him. Look what He said in verse 3. He said, dwell in the land, and I will bless you. 
I will give all of these lands to you and perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. So he, he, he promised to bless him. In verse 4, he renewed the covenant because he said, I will make your descendants multiply the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these land, and in your seed all the nations will be blessed. And he reinforced the covenant with him. In verse 5, he said, because your father, he reminded him of what the father did. He said, because your father was faithful, I'm going to renew my covenant with you because of what your father did. What we do is so important with, with our, the lineages that, that, that we uh, have coming behind us, our children. It's why it's so important to have our children in church. My little granddaughter, this, this, this past week, um, she had wrote a letter. I couldn't believe it. I, 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 it was a 13-page letter. And Bray's always been a little quiet little girl. She wrote a 13-page letter. I thought, my God, it's like a novel of, 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 that she had written about what God meant to her and what God has done for her and things in her life and how God has moved in her life. She doesn't say anything. And my, my daughter said, Daddy said, since they were this little baby here, these little babies, she said, since Bray Bray was a baby, she's been in church. That's all she knows is the church. She says she's heard you preach for 18 years. Let me tell you something. If you'll listen, you'll get something. What happens is a lot of us don't listen. But he's, he's reinforcing to Isaac what he has done for, for the father. Now, in Genesis 26, 12, the Bible says, Then Isaac listened. Thank God he listened. In Genesis 26, 7, the Bible, I mean, 26, 12, the Bible says, Isaac sowed in the land and reaped the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. He sowed in a, in a desert in a drought, and God caused him to have a harvest, and, and he reaped a hundredfold. Verse 13, the man began to prosper and continue to prosper until he became very prosperous. Now, we know that Abraham, in Genesis 13, 1, after he had left in Genesis 12, 1, in, in, in Genesis 13, 1, the Bible says, that Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. So he had blessed Abraham. He comes right around now over here with Isaac, and he's going to bless Isaac. And the Bible says that he was very rich and prospering and became very prosperous. Well, why did he get that? It was a perpetual blessing that was passed on from the father to the son. So many times what has happened in, in, in America and in our, in our families is somewhere there's a disconnect somewhere and somebody's got off kilter, bless God. I tell you what, the Bible says that a good man, everybody say good, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. It is a perpetual blessing that we leave. I'm working on my inheritance for my children's children. I told Les the other day, I said, don't be expecting a whole lot. I said, I'm going to go according to the Word. I said, so you sitting around thinking you're going to get a lot. I said, don't be worrying about it. It's going to the children's children. You make your own. 
but it's perpetual for generations and generations that he passed this on. Now, fast forward 4,000 years and turn to John chapter 4. Now, we know, uh, and I didn't, I didn't share this, I won't go back and share, but we know in the Bible that there was a, a, a drought in the land, and God had told Isaac to dig wells. God told Isaac, I want you to dig a well in the desert. It's in the Bible, believe me. And, and so uh, he, uh, he told Isaac, I want you to dig a well here now. In the desert, the Bible says Isaac dug the well, and we're going to see what happened with the perpetual blessing of the well. So we see now that Isaac dug wells in a desert, and it was, was water bubbling up. Now, 4,000 years later, look what happened. Jesus is on the scene in John chapter 4. The Bible says that in verse 4, that he needed to go to through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave Joseph, his son. Now, Jacob's well was there. Who dug the well? Jacob's father, Isaac, dug the well and gave it to Jacob. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary from his journey, set thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. So now we see now a perpetual blessing of water because what was given to Abraham, given to Isaac, given to Jacob, and now Jesus is going to be able to reap the benefit of the well because there's no water except the well. So Jesus comes to the well. He sees a woman there who needs Jesus. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said, give me some water. The woman of Samaria asked him in verse 9, how is that you being a Jew asked to drink a drink for me, a Samaritan. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritan. In verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would give you living water. Now, this woman is talking about water, or I'd say physical water. Jesus now is talking about living water. Now, Jesus is going to take this woman who comes to Samaria to receive a drink because she's thirsty. But Jesus is going to give her some water that the Bible says will never run dry. And he's talking about living water. And so, verse 14, Jesus says this, Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him become a fountain of water springing up everlasting. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may never thirst again. Jesus said to her, Jesus knew what was going on, but Jesus said to her, He said, Look, He said, uh, Call your husband. 
And the woman said, well, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I have no husband. And Jesus said, no, you've had five husbands. And the one you shacked up with now ain't your husband. But you know what happened? Jesus never condemned the woman. Jesus is fixing to give her something that will last forever. He's fixing to give her an opportunity to receive the spiritual living water. Now, and so the, Jesus said, the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Verse 23, Jesus says this, But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is a spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. What's He talking about? He's talking about getting in and receiving the Holy Spirit. The Word is the truth. The, 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 the Spirit of God is life. And you know, I don't know why people say, well, now you know, if, 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 if God wanted me to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, He would give it to me. No, He wouldn't. Because it's just like the woman at the well. You've got to ask for it. It's got to be something you desire. You know what's happened with our churches of America? They're dry now. They've not got in to let the Holy Spirit come in and come into the life and come into the church. I got a guy call me about three or four weeks ago. He said, I want you to come to our church. He said, we're going to be praying and fasting. He said, I read your book. There's a pastor. He said, I read your book. He said, if the God of the book, somebody help me this morning. He said, if the God of that book can do what's in that book, I want Him to do the same thing in our church. Well, why in God's name wouldn't we all want that? Why wouldn't we all want the, 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 the Spirit of the living God in us? You know, because, but the churches have gone dry and they're not hungry no more. They got, the Bible says, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches has stroked out, choked out the Word of God. And we don't allow the Spirit to move no more. Now you talk about the Spirit moves and all we get all, uh, you know, I, I don't know about that, all of them. I, I talked to a girl, uh, um, I don't know, about three or four weeks ago, I saw her at the post office. And Canaan and I like her because she works at the Cracker Barrel. And so we go in and we wait, she waits on us every time we go in. We ask for Lisa. And so, we go in, and so she's real nice to us and real sweet and just a, a, a precious lady, maybe about 50 years old. And so <clears throat> I never tell no one I'm a preacher. I don't ever. I, I, people go, well, I didn't know you was a preacher. I never push anything on anyone. I try to let my actions reveal who the real me is. So I'm nice to her. She likes me because I give her a $20 tip on a $10 meal. Who wouldn't like that? But anyway, uh, uh, I was at the post office. She's at the post office in Portland. I said, girl, I said, what are you doing up here? 
She said, well, I live up here. I said, you do? She said, yeah. She said, what are you doing up here? I said, well, I come to the post office. I said, you know, I said, I have a church down here. I didn't know you was a preacher. Yeah, I got a church down here. <clears throat> and uh, I said, do you go to church anywhere? And she said, well, I used to go to church, and they moved the church. I used to go to Old Hickory to an apostolic church. I said, well, that's good. And uh, she said, what kind of church do you have? I said, well, I said, well, I said, well, you know, I said, we kind of, so I want to be easy, you know. I don't want to just kind of, I said, I'm trying to be, I said, well, you know, we kind of non-denominational, spirit-filled, you know. I said, we kind of between, and I know this is a lie, because I said, we kind of between a Baptist and church cries. <laughs> so she said, uh, I said, come visit us sometimes. I said, you go to church? No, I don't go to church anywhere now. She said, I want to ask you this question. She said, uh, your church ain't one of them holy rollers, is it? I said, oh, Lord, I mercy. I said, I better get on out of here. <laughs> so she said, you know, I don't like all that stuff, you know, people rolling and carrying. I, well, I, ain't nobody rolls. You know, I, th I thought this to myself. I didn't tell her. But I said, you know, we don't roll. Maybe we should. <laughs> Can I tell you a little story? Then I'm going to get back to where I'm at. I was in Panama at a Church of God church. And so Moses, the guy that we worked with in Panama, remember Moses, Mike, and Deborah? Um, Moses said, Pastor said, this guy at the Church of God wants you to come preach. And so we'd been in Panama a long time, and so he knew you know, uh, uh, about our ministry. See, we went to Panama, and the people didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. So it was easy for us. You know, I just tell them, you know, you can do this, this, and they believe it. And we saw God move all kinds of ways, you know. But anyway, Moses said, Pastor, I want you, uh, uh, Brother Herbie said, I want you to go over and see this pastor, and he wants you to preach at his church. I said, okay. So we go over there that night. And so it's Assembly of God Church, and they had the church was full and packed out. And so I had the Frady Boys. Did you ever remember them? You, did you remember? I had three brothers that went with me, and well, they came over there from Georgia. And they're from the hills of Georgia. And they, they are real red redneck. But they're just wonderful, wonderful guys, wonderful boys. So I had them with me, and I said, I want you. I said, I was preaching. I said, we're going to have an altar call. The husband of the, I mean, the, the husband and his wife, the pastor, is sitting over on the left of the church, on the left side of the church. And they're sitting there like this. So I'm preaching. So I said, well, I'm going to have an altar call. You don't have an altar call. So I had the Freddy boys come up as ushers to stand behind the people. So I started praying, and these people started falling under the power of God. Well, I, I asked this uh, Freddy boy, I said, y'all come on now and move. And the guy said, Pastor, we can't move. I said, what do you mean you can't move? He said, our feet are stuck to the floor. 
He said, we, I, I can't move. It's a, the power of God had come down, and he said, we can't move. Well, we went ahead, and we had church anyway without any catchers. So the next day, Moses came to see it where we were living. And he said, Pastor, I've got something to tell you. And he said, the guy where you went to preach last night, he don't like all that. And he told me that he didn't want none of that Holy Ghost stuff in the church. Well, while all of this was going on, the pastor and his wife was in the corner laughing. I mean, not laughing at. They were just laughing. They were happy laughing. So Moses had come the next morning. He said, I have to tell you. He said, uh, the guy set you up. He said, because he didn't believe that, and he was going to set you up to prove that it wasn't real. The next day, he said, I want to take you to see the pastor. I thought, well, this would be interesting. So we go to the pastor's house the next day, and we go over to the pastor's house, and we go in. He, he speaks Spanish, so he's interpreting and the pastor is crying. And he said, Brother Mays, he said, I'm sorry that I judged you and judged God. And he said, I ask you to forgive me. He said, I beg God to forgive me for doubting him. So you see, God wants to pour out everywhere. And for God's sake, it needs to be poured out in America. We need God more today, this country, than we will ever have. I thought this morning, I said, when I come back, see, we're going to come back. Whether you believe it or not, we all get to, God's coming back. Jesus is going to come back, and the Bible says He's going to bring tens of thousands, all kinds of people going to come back with Him. So here's what I said this morning. Here's what I want to do. When, when, we, when we come back, I want to be president. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to build the wall on the Arizona border and I'm going to have sanctuary states. I'm going to have California and all that bunch out there. We're going to have all the liberals stay in California. We're going to build a wall. Then all of the church people, all the charismatic good church people, we're not going to go no higher than the Mason-Dixon line. So we're going to be down south praising God while the rest of them act a fool. But anyway, so I, I, I said, you know, and was talking to Moses, I said, you know, the people are just dry. Why not? Why wouldn't you want to, to feel good? James Brown made a bunch of money singing a song, I feel good. And you know he didn't feel good. He was probably drunk most of the time when he was singing. But the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for the church to feel good. You know, my granddaughter, Bray Bray, or she's not little anymore. She's 18 years old. But when she was a little girl and a toddler, we, we would, Becky would ask her, and we, well, we've asked her, and she's wearing diapers. And her, her main thing was, you'd say, Bray Bray, let, let's come change your diapers. And her thing was this, I dry, I dry, 
That was her whole thing. Never wanted her diaper chain. I dry. Her diaper be dragging the ground. I dry. Now, don't y'all go tell her I told off on her, you know. But what did she dry? See, that's the church. You know what's wrong with church? We dry. God's got something for us, but we dry. And then in, in John seven thirty seven, he said that, that, that out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Out of your belly. So when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we ought to be expressing what has been coming in. We should never be ashamed. Why would I ever be ashamed that I'm a tongue talker? Okay, I am. Because the Bible says that in Acts chapter 4, you know, that we're going to speak with new tongues. So we should never apologize, and we should, we should all want it. You know, I like talking in tongues. Becky will tell you. I talk in tongues, and the donkeys will talk back to me. Wouldn't it be better if we had a human talk back to us than a donkey? But he says here that, the, that it is to you and your children. Over in Acts, there's a scripture that says, This promise is for you and your children and to all who are far off. So it was a promise that God said in the church that you shall receive the Holy Spirit. Now what happens is, let me ask you a question. If you filled up your car in Portland, Tennessee, with gasoline, and you drove to Memphis, Tennessee, if it would go that far, but if you drove 200 miles, what's going to happen? You're going to be low on gas, right? What happened? You need to get refilled. Well, see, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do to the church. He wants to refill the church. Because if you get refilled with the Holy Spirit, you'll act different. Because we're dry. It's like, well, uh, now I, I know I had a feeling this morning that I, at 9 o'clock that I should put out a robocall and tell everybody to get up. Because I knew, I just knew, I didn't listen to the Holy Ghost, I knew that it was going to be people that, not, that missed church. So I didn't listen to God, but I tried to listen to the voice of the Spirit. But he said that you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, I don't know about you, but I like cherry cobbler. And be quite honest with you, I don't know if I could get enough. It's kind of like the Holy Spirit. I don't know if I get enough. Huh? What is that supposed to mean? Huh? Oh, you're oh, that's a joke. Actually, what she said is, I, I'm not making you a cherry pie. Well, what she what she don't know is, I know how to cook. So it don't make no difference where she makes it or not. I can make the cherry pie. But anyway, but, but we're talking about 
Would it behoove us then to want to receive more of God? I would think that we would want that. And Jesus said, he said, I want, I want to fill you. And out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. When Jesus was on the cross, the Bible said that the soldier stuck a spear in his side. What came out? Blood and water signified salvation, your for justification for your sin, the blood of Jesus, and water signified the Holy Spirit. So on the cross, when he was dying on the cross, the last thing he done for the church was poured out the blood and the water for you to receive salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it is perpetual. It's still happening today. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It never changes. Well, that's what I'm, all I'm going to do for you this morning. But I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning to do this. Everybody stand. I'm going to ask you a question in this church this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to ask you this question here this morning. I just spent a little time going over some stuff about a perpetual blessing that is for you, that you can have it. You can walk out of here feeling different, feeling better. You know, when I was, um, I was telling Billy this morning something that we was talking about when I received... Folks, I hope this message encouraged you today. I know it encouraged us yesterday. We had a mighty move of God happen in our sanctuary. The Holy Spirit moved through. You know, that baptism of the Holy Spirit is for every believer. It's for everyone. All you have to do is to ask and receive it. And there's nothing in the Bible that you should ever be afraid of. And, you know, there's a reason why there was a second baptism of that holy spirit and it was just to 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 help you in times of trouble and and help you get through this life here that we're uh, passing through that we're uh, we're not we're not um residents here we're just passing through so anyway hope it blessed you come join us sunday mornings at 10 o'clock for our sunday school 11 o'clock for our main service we'd love to see you and uh, till then as pastor always says God loves you, we love you, and Jesus is still Lord.